1: because we do have a lot to cover on this edition of Cardinals Underground. Yes, we do, Danny. What, you're looking at me with a sort of surprise. You're looking at me askance over there. It has come to our attention that an expense report has been filed, dot, 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 as everyone looks at each other. Darren Urban, although, still looking at his phone.
0: Sorry, right, I'm doing notes for this uh, fine
1: podcast. A rogue receipt has been submitted from a dive bar in Scottsdale. On a Saturday afternoon in early April. And the culprit thinks that is just going to fly right by the bean counters? That just a dive bar receipt from a Saturday afternoon in Scottsdale that somehow is just going to be automatically approved? I mean, who has the wherewithal to think that they were actually on the job this past Saturday at that dive bar? Who Was that you, Darren?
2: I wish it were me. It
1: wasn't me. <laughs> What do you mean? I, I thought I saw a story there that uh, you know on the
0: miracle of the internet there, Paul. Oh. I can do that all based on what I saw in social media.
1: Well, now I've been exposed. Apparently, there was no rogue no. receipt whatsoever. What Just sort of my entry point on this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you, you by Pacific Office Automation. Me. I thought I'd ask Darren, you know, exactly, uh, you know, how, how he thought he'd get away with putting seventeen beers on a on a receipt on.
2: Could he drink seventeen beers? Me? Mm-hmm. Hell no. no. He was he was mm-hmm.
1: buying for all his friends over there. I don't do beer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> By the way. I mean, I, I will drink beer, but not not in large quantities.
1: Pauly pale ale. Peanut butter whiskey now. I was at, <laughs> at that Coach House dive bar about mm, six months ago for a happy hour. The uh, Arizona Ford Dealers fine presenting sponsor, the go. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we had a power meeting there during happy hour at How the nice for you yes so that was uh, drew was the bartender his dad played 14 years in the big so we were talking a lot of baseball and so uh, and and by the way um, you know I had no idea I had no idea it was that popular that when some of the recommendations came out for you know a place to choose for JJ Watt – that that would be uh, the actual selection.
0: Well, it was, Clue Haywood, uh, Twitter god Clue Haywood, made sure that uh, that came across, and he has spent more than his fair share at that bar, and so he ended up hooking up J.J. J. Watt with uh, I see. the people there so you could line it up in, a, in the correct way so you could get a superstar in there without a lot of trouble. And-
2: I had a friend once tell me uh, after I moved here recently, and I went there, that is the oldest dive bar in the area. Fun fact. Well, thank you. You're welcome for that.
1: By the way, J.J. Watt was the winner at Golden Tee, right, based on the Twitter account?
0: Uh, yeah, judging by the video he yeah. put out. I mean, he better I mean, be. I can only go by the source, and the source being I J.J. Watt. Mean,
1: he better be. You cannot beat the, the host at his own game, at his own event, on his own time, right? You, I mean, thou shalt not go in there and – you know, it's sort of like um, like when Prince used to host those basketball games. Even though he was five foot nothing, right at the Prince compound, you don't go in and dunk on Prince. You know, he's hosting the game. You don't do that, right? You don't go into Kurt Warner's backyard and and beat him at basketball, or do First you. of all,
0: Kurt Warner, I don't know if I could beat Kurt Warner at basketball, but absolutely, I think Kurt would actually take it offense if you weren't trying to beat him. I would try and beat him. Why wouldn't I try and beat him?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's it's the host. That's what I'm saying. You know, you just have to. Uh, by the way. Polypop Pop Quiz. Danny might know this is coming. What is your best pub game? If I name the pub games, let's see, we got darts, mm. we got pool, we got ping pong, uh, what do you got, ski ball there, Ohms, Ohms is making table, shuffleboard, is that where you're, oh, he's not in table, shuffleboard, cornhole, maybe pop a shot.
0: Does, uh, does like, the little video trivia count?
1: Air hockey.
2: No.
0: Why not?
2: Would Just because you're not old
0: enough to know anything.
2: I would say for me probably. Foosball. Ooh. Ski
1: ball. Frogger. Probably. Frogger? <laughs> there's, there's always one Never old seen school. Never There's always one old school sit-down video game over there in the corner. Yeah, I would probably play Papa shot.
2: I'm probably best at cornhole or air hockey.
1: 18 to 34 demo alert. Beer pong. Would I be profiling you if I said beer pong?
2: I'm not horrible. I'm not great. Gotcha. Okay. I will hold my own. Yeah. I'll be a good yeah. teammate. But Jack, I'm, I'm, she's I'm just not, the guy. I'm not, I'm not going to be the star. I'm, 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 I'll be honest I'm about that.
0: I'm not asking you not to be honest about I'm
2: just saying. It. You get I'm to look humble. really
1: defensive on this
2: stuff. <laughs> Darren, it's the looks you give me. I, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about.
1: Anyway, we were impressed. J.J. Watt, man of the people, right? I mean, you know, yes. maybe you just happen to be at that bar unbeknownst to you. You're like, man. There's a guy in a J.J. Watt jersey, and he – wait a minute. That is J.J. Watt. and actually well, see, it wasn't he was wearing a J. son's J. J. Watt jersey. He was wearing you. a son's jersey, though, wasn't Correct. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, who's the big guy over there? J.J. Watt wearing Steve Nash jersey is ironical, if you will, <laughs> because he's much, much bigger than Steve Nash, which is almost always the opposite of a fan wearing a pro athlete's jersey, Although right?
0: Steve Nash isn't that small. No, he is I think no, Steve Nash is like 6'3", right? 6'2".
1: 6'2". yeah. As someone used to I mean, interview taller him than quite you, a bit, Paul, I mean. <laughs> much taller. Uh, Steve Nash will dunk on Paulie Pencilneck. Put it that way, okay? So just to come full circle on this one. Uh, yes,
0: that's true. I mean, what do you want me to say? That's not true.
1: <laughs> i just wanted to see. All right. So look, I, gu- I guess here's, here's my here's my here's my segue on this. April started much better than March started. Do you guys realize that there was a global strategist? I'm just going to throw out there, and then we're going to start talking football. That at the beginning of March, because of the global events going on, and we're all aware of those, put the odds, quote, of a civilization-ending global nuclear war in the next year at an uncomfortably high 10%. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. That's where we started in March.
0: So basically you're saying if they didn't. If they don't sign an edge rusher, it won't matter.
2: This is depressing. All of a sudden, Paul. I but mean, basically,
1: maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe if we're waiting, what if we're wondering what they're waiting for. Maybe it's of much more importance hey, than we ever considered. Hey, remember that
0: contract you wanted, Kyler? Uh,
1: Might no. not matter. By the way, do I have a hot take? A little bit later. <laughs> more, more than that, than <laughs> no, a nuclear war no, <laughs> coming you, at 10 percent. I'm just telling you right hot, now. Ball. I'm just telling you right now. I gotta. <laughs> I got a blazing hot take coming later. I mean, hotter than the air fryer that Danny set on fire at her place last week. Uh We'll get to that a little bit later.
0: Somebody's been listening to conversations.
1: But Steven Anderson (laughs) has signed on the line that is dotted a brand new tight end. What should we make of Steven Anderson joining the tight end room, Darren?
0: Well, uh, an ever since, growing
1: and burgeoning tight end since room, I'm not
0: way. Ron Wolfley. I'm not going to say it's because they're going to run the ball 80% of the time. No,
1: he's 230 pounds. He's not a blocking tight end.
0: I actually, I thought I read somewhere where he actually played receiver in college and then switched he over. Switched to tight over.
1: End. Yeah, that is correct. Yes. Uh, I, I think, you know, I know, he went to Cal. So, yes, I'm trying to play dumb, but yes.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize he went to Cal. I, I apologize for that. Um, I don't really pay attention to many football players at Cal,
1: but anyways, hence why I was playing dumb.
0: I, I you know, look, they had four free agent tight ends coming out of there. They had four tight ends, and they were all free agents. When you talk about Daniels, and you and you talk about Demetrius Harris, and then of course Ertz and Max Williams, and and they re-sign Ertz and Max Williams, and they are also are some other guys on the roster: David Wells and uh, Bernard Sykovitz. and
1: and uh, mandatory psycho, <laughs>
0: mandatory psycho, but. I do think you need to have uh, another guy that has done it in the NFL, which Steven Anderson has to a limited amount. And again, we aren't 100% sure where Max Williams is health-wise coming off a torn ACL. True. So you want to make sure you have that guy too. Now, whether things change or whether you get a guy in the draft or whatever, but I think that makes seven total tight ends on the roster right now. So I'm thinking probably not going to draft one, probably.
2: I was shocked when I was reading your article. Seven. That just I, – I hadn't realized that.
0: Yeah, well, I hadn't really realized that myself. But when you start talking about – I mean, let's let's face it, with all due respect to the mandatory cycle, Bernard Sykovitz is still a, a raw international kind of work in progress guy. I don't think at this point they're counting on him necessarily to be in the mix. You know, maybe he's another practice squad year. So then it becomes six – and you're like, okay, what are we going to do with David Wells, who kind of bounced around the league a little bit, or uh, Dion Yelder? I think is one of the other ones. Uh, Alex Ellis, I think, is one. I mean, these are guys where you want to fill out the roster. And again, when you don't have, um, when you don't know what's going to happen with Max Williams, I, I don't expect Max Williams to be on the field anytime soon. Uh, so, and when I say soon, I mean any of the off-season stuff. So you're going to need bodies for that. Um, and the other thing too is. This is where your roster is right now, but if you start getting up to 90 guys or close to 90 guys and you have to chop one away, eh, tight end would probably be someplace you would look.
2: And just because you have seven tight ends, if you like someone you see in free agency, shouldn't stop you. No, or
0: the draft. I mean, the bottom line is, again, I don't think they're going to have a four tight end set anytime soon.
1: Well, I think they just maxed out the tight end room before they did the other position groups. You're going to go to camp with probably seven tight ends, right? Probably. So you're done. You're done with the tight end room. Now you move on to the other areas. It just
0: Well, they... again, it's always fluid, like Danny said. It's always fluid to a point where, like, okay, we really like this guy, and, and uh, all due respect to Alex Ellis, I believe that's his name. If, we, if we that is move.
1: news to me. I was not aware of the uh, Yeldon guy or Alex Ellis. Well, so that's some good uh, that, knowledge. That's right what there. happens
0: when you sign a tight end, and then you start going over the the roster. And
1: I have not gone through the depth chart here in April. Well, there is no depth chart. Yet.
0: I mean, let's not get people running to azcardinals.com because <laughs> we don't put a depth up, chart. we don't put a depth chart up right now yeah. because there isn't one. So. Um, so
1: as you do that no, Alex Anderson, Ellis is a guy I'm good okay. I got the name right good so it's a one year deal five years in the NFL last two with the Chargers Steven Anderson we're talking about last year he played in all 17 games he had 16 catches for a buck 65 so you know, one of those weapons that Justin Herbert was throwing to. I also noticed in some of the videos they're running him out of the backfield. If Ron Wolfley wants to get excited, he's also kind of a hybrid fullback, H-back type that they'll put in the backfield, and we'll see if Cliff Kingsbury might work that into a few formations. Not that he hasn't heard that on the coaches' TV show more than once. From Ron Wolfley has some, uh, shall we say, value-added uh, suggestions from Wolf over there. So, uh, and there you go. So, and yes, he's out of Cal and. Yes, the alma mater has not been to the Rose Bowl since the late 50s, but we are going to Notre Dame this fall, so there you go. That's our Rose Bowl. Are you attending that game, Paul? Uh, I'd love to. I really would. Uh, Maybe Bertrand Barry will fly me out because he usually goes out in a private jet to South Bend for every home game. So I'll just jump on board with uh, my former co-host of the uh, Big Red Rage, Bertrand Barry. And then
0: what, fly from South Bend to wherever we are?
1: That'd be good. I'll go on the Dave Pash plan. I'll just go from a college football game to the Cardinals game, so there's that.
0: Uh, This Dave Pash. I don't know who that is. Who that is? Who's
1: that? How about Daryl Williams? Do you know Daryl Uh, because I, kansas I city Darryl running back Williams. free agent running back who uh who visited reportedly the arizona cardinals here he uh turns 27 this month after four years another undrafted guy albeit out of lsu with size and speed and versatility he can run it he can catch it like he did this last season for the chiefs and darren's been all over getting another running back right danny
2: he has of uh, we obviously know that James Conner is the number one, and Chase Edmonds is no longer with the team. Um, and we've talked about in previous podcasts, is it time for Eno Benjamin to step up? How much do we think he can handle? And Darren has said from the beginning, I think that they will bring in some competition to really see how much he can handle. So this doesn't really surprise me. based if they on sign those, him. Right, right. The idea of, you know, if they brought him in yeah. and looking at a running back, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. And that's at most... Pretty much every position anyways, you want to create some of that competition, see those battles throughout training camp and the offseason programs and all of that. So I, I, I would like the idea of bringing in a running back and, you know, seeing their skill set and how this coaching staff, whether it's they're bringing in a player to fit the philosophy or building the philosophy around a player that's available to them that they're able to sign, are they wanting to use James Conner more as that number one role taking more of those reps are they looking for a running back that they can maybe use the way they use chase and james a little more evenly i think that's going to be something really interesting if they end up signing a running back how does that fit the plan
0: well you know and again i and we've talked about this before i mean whether it's eno or darrell williams if they sign them or somebody else i mean you you cannot go into the, a season thinking james connor's our number one guy and then We'll see who fills in afterwards. You absolutely have to go in thinking you're going to need another running back. And that, that's nothing against James Conner. No.
1: but it, There's 17 games. Yes. He plays a physical style of ball. You better be ready. Do you know there were three players on the Kansas City Chiefs that had more than 1,000 yards from scrimmage last season? Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Daryl Williams. He had over 400 yards receiving. He had over 500 yards rushing. He had, what, 47 catches out of the backfield. I mean, he can catch the ball. So if you're looking for someone akin to a Chase Edmonds, at least in terms of being versatile enough to do both roles, to be able to run it and catch it, Darrell Williams. And if you look at the fact as a former undrafted guy who last year signed a one-year deal with KC – or about 2.1 million, just under a million guaranteed. You know, the price seemingly would be right. We'll see. I don't know what his market is like out there, but you got Will Hernandez for a reported 1.3 million, well, I believe.
0: And and when you have guys coming in for visits and then they leave, then at this point, that usually what that usually means is the money is not lining up for what they want and what the team wants to spend. Because as we see, you know, if if everybody's in agreement. Mm-hmm. They usually sign. So, I mean, I'm I'm thinking that it'll be interesting where that goes. But, again, like you talk about, uh, it doesn't matter if James Conner is a physical back or not. Danny's not going to know this off the top of her head because she hasn't been here long enough. But, Paul, what? when was the last time the Cardinals had their top back make it through an, a season uninjured? Oh, boy.
1: Yeah.
2: Can I take a random guess?
0: Go ahead.
1: Please do. Save me.
2: 2002.
0: I, I I'm going back in my head right now. I, I'm I'm all the way back to 2014.
1: I was way off. I mean, like JJ Arrington didn't make it. Well, even no, no. I'm, LaRot, more, I'm I mean, working backwards.
0: Okay, so like we know that in uh, 2017, David Johnson got hurt. 2016, David Johnson was help, healthy almost all season because he had an amazing season, but he did wreck his knee in the finale. That if he had done it. Any earlier, he would have missed like two
1: months. That's right. At the Rams, that finale.
0: still got hurt. 2015, Andre Ellington and Chris Johnson got hurt. 2014, maybe uh, that would have been Andre Ellington and I don't even remember. 2013, they had Jonathan Dwyer for a heartbeat, and then he got booted off the team. That's not injury, but I mean, again, yeah. the and then point before being, that
1: was the Beanie Wells era, which was well, he was always with hurt. Injuries.
0: I mean, again, you need multiple running backs that you can count on. And that's why I mean, even if you went into the season and you said our running backs are James Conner and let's say they signed Daryl Williams, James Conner and Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin with Jonathan Ward as your fourth guy playing a lot of special teams but could also play, you're you're feeling okay about that. And I, we haven't even talked about Jalen Samuels who who could
1: play a role. We'll see. It was currently on this roster, Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels, right? they
0: signed him, yeah. So uh, early in the process, okay. but he's got obviously experience. Uh, you know, I, I like the Daryl Williams. I, I just rem- I remember the Daryl Williams. Uh, I, I remember Daryl Williams because he was a huge part of the Chiefs in 2020 in the playoffs. Yep. And then they got to the Super Bowl, and for some reason they didn't play him at all. And uh, I don't think he got hurt. I think they just went in a different direction. But um, that's what I remember about Daryl Williams. So it, 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 look, it it it'll be interesting as they build these things. Um, but money, money is a thing.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I, I think what you're both saying right now, as I, I read your face, is that you need uh, yours truly to check the mock draft update desk because Charles Davis on NFL.com came out with one just hours ago. With a 23rd pick overall in the 2022 NFL draft, Charles Davis mocks to the Arizona Cardinals, Drake London, receiver out of USC. Which –
0: that's the first mock draft I've seen Drake London falling to 23 in the first place.
1: In fact, the Cardinals would leave Jamison Williams out of Alabama on the board to go after Drake London. He's the Bama speed burner, Jamison Williams, right? Was coming big, off an ACL. Coming injury. off the ACL, so it's unknown how far he's going to fall. But, man, you just watch just a reel of some of his plays and the separation that he gets when he was healthy before he – Uh, injured himself what was in the championship game or the semifinal game. I'm not exactly sure, but which is actually the opposite of a Drake London whose one knock as a USC receiver is not getting all that much separation because he's a bigger guy with great body control, great ball skills, doesn't get a ton of separation. He's not a burner, Drake London, 6'4", 219. In fact, if you look at his scouting report, it's a lot like, dare I say, Larry Fitzgerald not a burner not going to get great separation unbelievable skills when that ball for contested catches when it's up there a guy who came in as a true freshman had an immediate impact at USC was a game changer so you know that's that's interesting because to your point yeah I had not seen Drake London fall that far in any other mock drafts
2: I got excited wide receiver I'm fine with that you're okay with that I'm great with that.
1: That's not a
0: value position in the first round.
2: I would, if it's not wide receiver, I would... We've we had this conversation.
0: Well, we're going to do it pressure. every week. That's I what understand. we do. I
2: understand. Pass rusher, But I.
0: But who's what? there at 23? That's the problem with that.
2: What, are Although ma- in
0: that mock draft, Karloftis was there. And I don't know how they feel about him, but he was there. He went to the Wait, next pick.
2: Even, I mean, just you don't want a wide receiver at all. No,
0: I didn't say I didn't want I'm one. Just, I'm just saying... I'm just saying that you, depending on with the depth of wide receiver that you can find in a lot of it, it's, it's wide receiver is feeling a little bit running back-ish.
2: I agree. It's a lot harder when you're 23rd and you get to those later rounds Good to point. find an edge rusher. There's a you're big right. drop-off. Absolutely. Could but be a quarterback. I, but I also think when we've seen, especially as of late, which I know we've talked about, those, wide re- those big wide receivers that have gone early on the first round, that it pays off.
0: Well, Paul doesn't believe that, but yeah, you're right.
2: That's right. That was the mailback question that we kind of attacked Paul on.
1: <laughs> I need a refresher here real quick. What are the value positions 2022 in the draft? Because once upon a time, it was quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, cornerback. I think those are still the main okay. ones. Because the last two years, the Cardinals have gone inside linebacker in the first round. Uh, so why would rec- that preclude you, them from you, going you, receiver now, especially in a Cliff Kingsbury offense?
0: If you recall correctly, I believe that that was something that Kyle Odegaard talked a lot about on the podcast over these two years about okay. not wanting an off-ball linebacker with a first-round pick. Gotcha. Right. I, I mean, I, look, I I think th- if you get a great player, values value. I mean, if you get a guy that turns out to be Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. Yeah. But but when you look at the analytics, and it's it, it goes beyond. And, and I was looking at a at a study about this the other day. When we talk about value picks, it goes beyond just like. This position is most valuable because pressuring the quarterback is harder to find or whatever. It also goes to having some positions be cheaper for longer. Because if you're going to get a premier pass rusher on the open market, and edge rusher is an easy one to do, it's going to cost you a ton of money. So if you can get a guy in the first round on a five-year contract or four in an option – that's what you want to do. If you want, if you get a premier cornerback with four and an option, that's what you want to do. That's Whereas, you might be able to find a replacement receiver, especially a number two receiver, on free agency, paying less. Now, obviously, there's a couple receivers that have made a little bit more in free agency, but those are number one guys. And can you get a number two? I mean, not if your number twos are going to start being paid like Christian Kirk, but I'm I'm assuming the Jaguars are seeing him as a number one because they're certainly paying him like a number one. So it, it's good, It's going to be fascinating well, to see play
1: out. And you're right. If the most important thing in the NFL, everybody now is the quarterback, and then the next most important thing is getting to the quarterback. You're right. The salaries are starting to reflect that, and we have the draft primer video addition coming out here soon and one for the offense one for the defense we got a panel going we're in studio everybody's got the pancake makeup on we're going to be breaking it down but nobody did we, had makeup on did we not make the point as danny raises her hand did we not make the point that tj watt is getting 28 million a year joy bosa is getting 27 million a year and then to your point the free agents hit the market and 32-year-old Chandler Jones gets between 17 and 18. Von Miller, 33, gets between 17 and 18 years. year. So it is insanely expensive for these premier pass rushers, and it does make a lot of sense, obviously, to get them on a rookie contract. And if you can get them in the first round and get that fifth year, all, all the better. Plus, I'll throw this out there. How often have we talked about getting that receiver in round two? I think of all the game-breaking receivers that have been had in round two recently. Danny, should I name some names? What do you think?
2: I wish you would.
1: Devontae Adams. I've heard of him. Debo Samuel. (laughs) A.J. Brown. Think about that. Arguably three of the top five receivers in the game right now, and Cooper Cup, you would throw him in there, is a round three guy. Uh, Jarvis Landry was round two once upon a time. Michael Thomas, round two. Chase Claypool, round two. Michael Pittman Jr., who's still emerging for the Colts, a recent round two. I mean, and then you go back a little bit of Jordy Nelson, Anquan Bolden, right? I've heard of him. A Juju Smith-Schuster, all round two. So it's one of the deeper positions these days, year in and year out, in the draft, especially as opposed to pass rusher. Although this year is supposed to be one of the deeper classes of pass rushers.
0: Daniel Jeremiah said he likes
1: 20 of them. 20? No, what does he mean by likes? Like day day one and day two, he's thinking there's 20 pass rushers coming off the board? No.
2: I, I think that's a, a great point in terms of the depth and especially talking about wide receivers or pass rushers. And, and that's what becomes really interesting as you work your way through the draft is there's going to be good wide receivers available at 23. So if you like enough wide receivers that you really feel are going to be available in rounds two or three, it becomes the difference of philosophy of best also player true. available – drafting for need how do those intertwine together well,
0: and who might last longer to the next spot? the daniel jeremiah tweet uh was a day ago spent the morning daniel jeremiah the top nfl draft expert at nfl network nfl.com spent the morning organizing my sequence list for this draft i love the top 20 edge rushers Whoa. yes 20 wow. wow love baby love
2: that's Damn. great to hear love
0: is in the air
1: no, you're making me think of the uh, Giants GM who was just fired talking about uh, Daniel Jones. Um, uh, Gettleman, Dave Gettleman. Remember, yes, he professed remember. his love, quote unquote, openly for Daniel Jones uh, after the draft, after he was taken five picks after Kyler Murray. And uh, everybody was uncomfortable, even more so now, uh, seeing what Danny has happened with Danny Dimes. But let's oh, just I go. thought you were
0: going to say with Danny over here. No, mean, what happened what, what just happened?
1: Danny, Dimes. Danny I said, Dimes. I said Dimes. not okay. not Got Danny Surak. Come on now. Uh, by the way we talk about this whole, you know, ability to find a receiver in round two. So when you see the reports that are out there that Brandon Cooks is available and that the Texans are looking for a round two pick for Brandon Cooks, well, of course they are. He's been on like seven different teams, right? He's 28, 29 years of age. He's going to be a free agent after this coming season. Of course they're looking to move Brandon Cooks. They're not going to be a playoff team anytime soon. But then when you start getting all these these tweets, and you get people suggesting the Cardinals should give up their round two pick for Brandon Cooks. Nope. No. Not even close. Go after one of these guys. Hit on a receiver in round two, a rookie. Who's going to – Well, uh, and
0: again, I understand. I mean, let's face it.
1: I know it's the known versus the unknown, but a Brandon Cooks, albeit a nice receiver, is he really going to be the difference maker in getting the Cardinals oh. – through a playoff And if run. he's
2: going to be a free agent next, right. okay, you're giving up a, a pick for yep. one year and then you're going to have to pay the guy.
1: Yep. So that's that's just my own little rant when I see that out there. And I think of that when I think of us talking about whether you're going pass rusher or receiver in round one or round two. And by the way, if they do go receiver, let's say they go with one of those receivers in in round uh, one, then I've got a guy in round two, a edge rusher, that I haven't heard anyone really talk about in relation to the Arizona Cardinals. Out of Oklahoma, Nick Benito. Have you heard Nick Benito connected to the Arizona Cardinals at all?
0: Uh, yes, he was the Cardinals pick in the second round in the most recent Todd McShay draft. Oh, interesting. And, in fact, I picked him at least once or twice when I was messing around with a pro football focus draft simulator. Well, what's... But he wasn't always there in round two. And, right. again, that's the thing. The Cardinals are picking, what, 55, 54?
1: Well, I forget where Yeah, it was. I don't have the exact one in, in front of me where they are. I, I will say this, that if you look at his pro football focus grades, pass rush grades, here's one stat. Since 2019, albeit the last three years, by a Power 5 edge rusher, the highest graded player in the last three years, Nick Benito, second highest Aiden Hutchinson, who easily could be the number one pick in the draft. You look at... His pro football focus pass rush grade. And here's the stat that I ripped off NFL.com and NFL Network. Highest career pass rush grade pro football focus since 2011. Power five edge defenders. Number one, Chase Young. Number two, Miles Garrett. Number four and five, the Bosa brothers. Number three, Nick Benito.
0: See, the first thing I think of, though, is like, then why is he not thought of as a first-round pick.
1: Apparently, he's a little light in the pants, as they like to say. Oh. Uh, he's 248 pounds. That's on a good day. That's one. He showed up as a true freshman at 205 at Oklahoma. Ridiculous athleticism, but, but he's light. But
0: may not have the frame to keep yes. it on. Yeah. And then the other question becomes, Didn't his sack total wasn't – his grades might be good, but I feel like his sack totals weren't like True. He unbelievable. had
1: seven last year. He had 15 tackles for loss, but yeah. he had seven sacks. Which seems a little low for a. But he ran a four five four forty at the combine.
0: Don't be falling in love with those numbers. Come on, Paul, you've done this longer. <sighs> Watch the tape. Did he pressure the quarterback?
1: <laughs> that I have not. Who done. cares
0: what he ran in the Indianapolis? I'm just combine? saying
1: that it's there. Seems to be this. There seems to be this uh, mindset. Correct me if I'm wrong. There seems to be this mindset, almost a group think out there, that if you don't get one of those top four or five edge rushers in round one, all oh, the Cardinals are hosed. There is nobody left. Oh, my well, goodness. Well, you
0: can't feel that. First of all, I, I never want you to feel like I wouldn't correct you if you were wrong. I, I feel like I, have <laughs> a, oh, boy. I would there, absolutely if a do that. a truer statement
2: has ever yeah. been said. So,
0: That's been well established. I, I don't want you to be fearing that because it felt like you were a little scared that I might not. That's but, a
1: weekly event. Um,
0: No, I, look, it's not so much that they're screwed if you don't get one of those. It's just you feel like – you feel like – your odds are less because it becomes more of a crapshoot. Now, I can argue and we can go back over the years that um, it still can be a crapshoot even early in the in the draft process. The uh, the one that's jumping into my head right now is Dion Jordan, the, the former Valley kid who went to Oregon and the dro- Dolphins took a number three overall. He ended up not yeah. doing anything. Ouch. That's just the first one that pops into my head, but everybody thought he was going to be this great edge rusher, um, and that didn't come to pass. So it doesn't necessarily – sell you on anything but it's the same thing with every other guy that the the quarterback thing it's not a lock if you take a quarterback in the top 10 even if you think he's a top 10 pick that he's going to pan out because we've seen plenty of instances where that doesn't work out but your chances of having that if you're picking a guy in the top 10 work out as a franchise quarterback is way better than if you pick him in the fourth round because
2: unless you're Dak prescott
0: but, see, again, that's like that's like saying Tom Brady was a six-round pick. I know. Come on.
2: For those listening, I feel like we should recap. Cardinals right now have eight picks. They've got number 23 in the first round. Yep. Then they've yep. got 55 in 55. the second. 55.
0: Did I say 55? There you go. yep. They've I'm got right
2: 87 up. in the third.
0: And then nothing.
2: Nothing <laughs> in the fourth. Nothing in the fifth. They've got pick 201 and 215 in the sixth. And then three in the seventh. 244. 256, 257. And
0: you know what I think I want to hear that, Danny? I don't. Is a long, dang Saturday <laughs> with all those picks coming late in oh, the draft. Well, As of now. All you do yep. is want to go home, and yep. you're going to have to do conference calls. Oh, and
1: boy. Five teleconference calls you're going to have on that Saturday. Boy, you better, well, you better get mentally right. Well, five isn't that bad running. of a
0: number, but I wish three of them were in the you know, fifth round or fourth round.
1: I see. That's right. You're right. It's all two in the sixth, three in the seventh. Yeah. You know what? You know what, Darren? You know what you need right now? You need a hot take. I got you. I got your back right now. You need a hot take over here. In fact, it's even better because I. Is this
0: has something to do with 9 11 or Pearl Harbor?
1: Ripped it off in part. It was inspired by, shall I say, your mailbag. Here was the there question. Go, hey, Darren, man. I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the hypothetical scenario of trading Kyler Murray for whatever max trade some team would give up for him, and then acquiring Baker Mayfield. There it is! There it is! That's where this whole offseason has been trending. That's where they are going with this offseason. That is illuminating, is it not? The Arizona Cardinals are tracking and trending towards the mega Mondo Thursday night. April 28th round one mega trade that sends Kyler Murray out of the organization for an unbelievable haul of picks and players and then off the street costing the Cardinals nothing they re-sign Cliff Kingsbury's former quarterback at Texas Tech. Baker Mayfield comes to the desert and pilots this offense like he did once upon a time. The Cardinals cash in all the rest of those picks and players they got for Kyla Murray, and that's the big red reset button hit on draft night.
2: Paul, you're crazy. No way. <laughs> it's
1: called a hot take for a reason, Darren. Oh, my. Darren, Danny. Dan- no. Danny. There's, there's... I'm so flustered right now by my own hot take.
2: There's That doesn't make any sense. Any, what, so what would they do? They just have Baker, and then and then what, are you drafting a quarterback? No, Baker's your quarterback. He's he's your franchise quarterback.
1: Cliff Kingsbury believes in Baker. He had Baker.
2: You're he not going to make him, him prove it? Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait,
2: wait.
1: Did you just say Cliff Kingsbury
0: well, believes well,
2: in
1: Baker? Well, uh, albeit, albeit, you're yeah, right. That, Thank that, you. That takes a little explanation. <laughs> Thank you. Takes some explanation. And, in fact, I refresh my memory on this. Let me see if I can recap this accordingly on okay. the Cliff Kingsbury-Baker-Mayfield dynamic. Yes. The year was 2013. I'm not sure about the year, but okay. Baker was a walk-on. He started yes. the first two-thirds of the games. Remember, though, he was a recruit from the former head coach, whose name escaped Tommy Tuberville. He was a Tuberville recruit. Cliff Kingsbury came in year one, 2013. Okay. Baker was his starter. Came out of nowhere as a walk-on, and 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 he was really good. Yep. As a true freshman or whatever he was at the time, yep. then he got hurt, an ankle yep. injury. He went out, and in came Davis Webb, Davis who Webb. was the. Big, acclaimed recruit by Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff's guy. Correct. Davis Webb, who was on scholarship, obviously. Baker Mayfield wasn't even on scholarship. Yep. And so then when Baker got healthy, yes. he did not go back in. Despite the fact when Baker got hurt, the Red Raiders were 5-0, and 6-0, and they had gone on a skid. Now, the schedule had gotten much tougher because there was conference play. But Davis Webb and, and – and Baker never got back in. No. And then in the offseason, this was the rub, the crux of it all. Baker did not even get a scholarship. And at that point, Baker said, I am so out of here. No scholarship. I was your starting quarterback and won five or six games. Lost a job because of injury. Never got it back. Never got a chance to reprove myself. Now, both guys, if you read a lot of the stories since, and there have been many stories written, both have acknowledged, yeah, I could have handled it better. I could have handled it better. We've talked in private. We've hashed this out. We're in a good place right now. That's Cliff Kingsbury and Baker Mayfield, at least in the media.
0: Fun fact, Davis Webb ended up getting hurt and also losing his job and never getting it back.
1: And he went to Cal, and then from there he went to the Giants, just to let you know. Lost it to Patrick Mahomes, though. And And so now you understand why there was the epic 2016 game where Oklahoma came to Lubbock. I feel like we're getting a little off. I'm just saying and Baker Mayfield threw for seven touchdowns and Patrick Mahomes threw for 735 yards in that game and Tech lost to Oklahoma 66-59 as you can tell I just went through these articles and I'm now recounting this just off the top of my head otherwise I'd have no clue
2: but that to me I, I understand you're telling the story but that to me is like enough has has passed you know to make that decision my question is is Maybe not necessarily for you, Paul, but for people who are writing these mailbag questions or whomever in the Red Sea has a question, and feel free to let me know because I'm genuinely curious for those who are pitching a trade involving Kyler Murray, what does Kyler Murray not have that you don't believe in him as your franchise quarterback? Did he win his first playoff game appearance? No, I understand that. I'm not saying he's perfect or there's no room for growth, but I'm just curious where this feeling comes from for people to say, oh, you know what? We're done with Kyler Murray. Let's trade him for more. What are you expecting to get? That would be better.
0: Paul didn't read my response to the question. Oh,
2: so. I would love to know what your response what, was. Yeah, what was the it response? It was like again? one
0: sentence. I'm like, I thought, I thought Kyler Murray was better than Baker Mayfield in 2019. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Why would you make that trade?
2: Right. Even not even just for Baker yeah. Mayfield, but just in general, what 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 is what is Kyler missing that people? Aren't hoping for a contract extension or for him to be the franchise quarterback? That it's just let's just wipe our hands. Like well, let, let's just—he's I mean, not it. Are
0: you just—are you asking that rhetorically or do you really kind not of. know? I mean, come on—you've—you've you've read, you've seen, you know why people are—I understand irritated. I'm not saying they're right, but you know why.
2: But isn't that – okay, how do I, I want to answer this? I
0: answered it the exact same yeah. way. I don't well, know why you would trade him. Kyler Murray sh- – is. you think Kyler Murray is your franchise quarterback? You play you, – you're not trading him. I mean, if – I don't know. There are other quarterbacks out there that I might consider. There's very few of them. It wouldn't be Baker Mayfield.
1: I almost said something. It wouldn't be Baker but, Mayfield. There's, there's nothing
2: but, but, of substance for me to, to think but, that's but, enough I, reason I, I to – no.
1: to answer your question, I guess, is – You're approaching it from a football-only angle. Yeah. The business angle might be that, I mean, we saw what Kyler's agent was all about before the Deshaun Watson deal. Now who knows what he's asking for? I mean, it just might be a non-starter. As to what exactly – if he's asking for $300 million guaranteed or something absurd like that, and based on an all-caps memo we sent out, who knows what he's asking for? He could be completely unhinged at this point. Okay, but – And empowered by the Deshaun Watson deal. You're uh, – yeah. So I'm just wondering if the business side of it, which is a complete unknown. But you, but know. there's
0: a business side of it with Baker Mayfield, wherever he goes. Sure,
1: sure. But but what sort of leverage is he, – he has zero leverage at – this point, he needs uh, his best situation where he can prove his worth and okay, try to but, but establish okay, his market value. Just
0: playing along with this he has an unrealistic hypothetical. Right.
1: He has 18 million to $19 million let's say you, you bring coming Baker from the Browns May- either way.
0: Okay, but you bring him in, and he then wins you over. What do you think he's going to say? Well, I, I just proved I'm going to be your quarterback of the future, but I'm willing to take a lot less because I'm Baker Mayfield. No, he's going to say, look at Deshaun Watson's contract. Where's my money? What's the no, difference?
1: No, the difference is the acquisition cost. You just traded your existing quarterback for a ridiculous package of picks and players, and you got your new quarterback off the street. It's the acquisition cost. So you're still going to pay a quarterback eventually. Ideally, you're still going to pay a quarterback because the new one comes in, and he's really good, and he earned that next deal. But look what you've done to bolster the rest of your roster with the assets.
2: Okay, well, let me ask you this question because we don't know. Let's just say you wouldn't know, obviously, who those draft picks would be used on. Right. So just looking at what we know, if you make that trade and Baker Mayfield is your quarterback, is this team better off?
1: This year? No, based okay. on based on what I saw in Cleveland last year and and Baker's play, okay. absolutely not. Well, okay, then... then that's. But but
2: this he... team feels close. Why would you bring in a quarterback but, that you feel takes you steps backwards?
1: I'm just saying, one begets the other. You're trying to re-sign Kyler. You're trying. Yeah. But if it can't, if it won't happen, if it can't happen, if you've just reached the point of no return, somehow, some way. That, that that's that's the scenario with which i well paint. I, I once understand again that. It, it, please understand it's it's a hot take el grande okay. i'm just yes. throwing it out there. It and i
2: get i get fodder. the idea but there's two of us you here want, yeah.
0: you can't just throw it out there and expect not to get singed there Paul. i, I, sure. I,
2: I get that thought of okay if you really think nothing's going to happen make a trade while you can get more bang for your buck all of that i guess but the idea this is not necessarily geared towards you paul the, just the mailbag. I'm sure it's not even the first time you've gotten but, that in a mailbag. It's just it's so bewildering to me yeah. that, you know, especially like if it's about him wanting the contract or if it goes back to the social media, whatever the reasoning is for people of, like, look around. Like, <laughs> that there could be much worse off-field characteristics in a quarterback for the fan base.
0: Yeah, and then you give them $230 million
2: guaranteed. I, I, I just, Yes. <laughs> It's just to each their own thought, I suppose, but I am not one of those people who would entertain that idea of trading Kyler Murray because you feel some type of way about him in that sense when it's to me hasn't been a big issue.
1: Once again, I, I fully expect that you know the way I feel right now, uh, sort of ostracized over here all by myself, is how Jimmy Haslam felt at the recent NFL owners meetings. Put it that way, I don't think there was a lot of love for Jimmy Haslam this when the lot, other owners came into that room.
2: This is a lot better than last week when Darren and I were almost jumping over the table about <laughs> right. overtime. So yeah, that's right.
1: You were actually across the. Uh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, if as long as we're going, can I just throw this out here about the overtime? If you guys are wondering.
0: You really want to go back here?
1: I'm just going to throw this out here. If you're wondering, because an incredulous Ron Wolfley, I mean, really, I mean, he needed like his boo-boo kitty on Big Red Rage. I mean, he was just – he's nearly in tears over there. Here's – I can tell you this was part of the equation. Do you see from the own NFL memo that they realized their data cruncher dude, their analytics department, these people, and I quote, projected that an extra possession during that Chiefs-Bills game that was very important and influential in authoring in this brand new overtime rule, that an extra possession there would have likely guaranteed and generated at least five minutes of 50-plus million viewers. That is a staggering number in the TV world. Staggering. Think about the NCAA championship game. Maybe you did 16 to 18 million viewers. You would have had... 50-plus million viewers they projected if you had an extra possession. So if they're already leaning towards that new overtime rule and that data came in like it did from the NFL analytics department and that projection, you can't tell me that didn't seal the deal. And the people in the room said, yep, done deal, competition committee, guess what, we're evolving the overtime rule because an extra possession. um, Let's see here, more OT, more good, so to speak.
0: Yeah, well.
2: Money doesn't just talk for the players.
0: I I guess there's a part of me that feels like – you're not going to get overtime with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen every time. That's the thing that bothers me about it. like it's we're we're trying to capture the snapshot and they based it they they essentially admitted they based it on one game, one instance, and who knows if that will ever ever come up ever in the rest of the history of man, whatever yeah.
1: By the way, speaking of the history of man, do you see that uh, Elon Musk now owns 9% of Twitter? Do you guys happen to yeah, see that? He's uh, trolling everybody on Twitter yeah, on a daily uh, basis. Yeah, yeah. A $3 billion investment into uh, Twitter stock. He now owns 9% of the company. And. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen to Darren's uh, account at Cards Chatter? You have no idea. So you that's know. a concern about Elon <laughs> Musk <laughs> yeah, winning yeah, uh, yeah. buying
0: up part yeah, of Twitter because right. he d- is, does not react well to criticisms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Smoke them while you got him on Twitter. Uh, put it that way. We'll see where that goes exactly. Do the card? What sort between now and the draft? By the way, do either one of you expect news? Do you expect? A fairly big-name receiver, dare I say wide receiver two to be signed. Do you expect an established veteran pass rusher to be signed between now and the draft? Um, Do you expect a Kyler contract to be done between now and the draft? Is it going to be all quiet on the Arizona front until April 28th? Or, Darren, are you going to be, you know, maybe on a Saturday, sort of like the J.J. Watt thing, hard at work from a laptop?
0: First of all, I'm always hard at work. Working on that laptop, giving the people what they
1: want. A man um, of the people, just like J.J. Watt, I, Darren Urban. I,
0: I don't know if they're going to do those things. I mean, to me, if you're a veteran, um, I guess it'll come down. I mean, my guess is at this point, if you're a veteran, you know what your market is. At least at this point. You know what teams are willing to spend. You know what you could possibly take, which is probably a lot less than you were hoping. Um you know are you willing to wait till after the draft till most of these when most of these teams fill a lot of holes because your options are going to shrink now after the draft your options overall options may shrink but you may have a couple of different places that really then need you more so maybe that helps you but you're you're going to lose your opportunity in a lot of ways to like kind of pick and choose where you go because there aren't going to be a lot of places i don't know if they're going to if they're necessarily going to sign those guys ahead of time. But again, as we saw that list that you kind of talked about a little bit last week, most of those guys still have not signed. So are they all waiting till right before the draft? Are they playing chicken with teams right now in terms of what they might take? I saw Tyron Matthew, not that Tyron Matthew would come here, but I saw Tyron Matthew took a visit to the Saints, and uh, that's intriguing. Uh, Very interesting for a guy that's from the area. Uh, see if he go home because I remember when I went back with him to New Orleans for uh, a trip when he was still with the Cardinals. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He kind of was like, I don't know if it would be a good thing for me to be home. Now he's a lot more mature now and he
1: has a family. He's got a
0: family, but there's other things that happened in New Orleans that kind of made him think a little bit about it, whether it would be good for him to be there. So that's always interesting. So I'm yeah. curious to see where he goes. But again, he's a guy that is waiting for money that hasn't materialized yet or jadavian Clowney, or some of the other guys that you mentioned last week melvin
1: ingram for example what what
0: happens with them i i don't know i i would think you'd want to have a place before the draft because the draft just really pushes a lot of guys off to the side
1: i have a theory about you don't want to go into any draft with a glaring need no that's that's very true okay so so, but if you go into a draft with multiple glaring needs, yeah. it's not as much of a tell.
0: For example, oh, you don't want to go into a draft because you don't
1: want to right. have. It was sort uh, of. It was the. It was the year. It was the year Mahomes and Deshaun Watson yeah, got drafted. Yeah, I know what you're. And you're the Cardinals saying. needed a quarterback, and, and they were sitting it. there at 13. And what happened? Two teams traded in front of them, and they nabbed the two quarterbacks they had on their board: Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and Bruce Arians thereafter. <laughs> Admitted in a later interview, yeah, we were sitting there and teams traded in front of us, and it was, you know, other teams know other teams' needs. So if you're going into this draft, let's say you sign, um, oh, uh, my guy, Will Fuller, let's say you sign Will Fuller tomorrow, and then you sign another what veteran corner, the love for Will Fuller, and then you sign a running back. And so you're going into April 28th, round one of the draft, and your glaring need by far is edge rusher. And you're sitting there, and it's getting towards 23, and Carl Loftus is still on the board. You know what's going to happen? Somebody's, Somebody's going to trade, gonna trade in right. front of you. And have... so, but, but if you go into this draft as currently constructed, you can look at the Cardinals and say, man, they still need an edge rusher. They still need a wide receiver. They still need a corner, arguably. We can have the Jeff Gladney argument off air. <laughs> right? They need a running back. You can still cite four legitimate positions at least – the Cardinals need now. You're uh, not going to go. I, you're not going to go first round running back, Paul. But Paul's, you could easily go first round corner, edge rusher, or receiver. Paul is the first person ever to
0: say yes. Have as many holes in your roster as possible going into the draft.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm just saying. Paul, and, I think no, listening I think, to this, no, the front office is going to have you move to their side no, of the I building. Think, no, this is I my response think, to the
1: question. Do you expect anything between now and then? I would say it's all or nothing. Either you sign an edge rusher and a receiver and maybe a corner and or another offensive lineman and or a running back, or you address none of them. You keep all those those positions and those names in the fold at the ready, and as soon as the draft ends and you can go ahead.
2: But I don't think you do all of them. I think, if anything, if you're able to get something done with a pass rusher, that's it because we've talked about the depth you can get at a wide receiver. I don't necessarily think we're going to have another big – set starter, pass rusher, or true number two wide receiver before the draft. I don't envision that happening. I think it's going to be you get through the draft, who's still available, as you get through that true second wave of free agency.
0: I mean, I'm throwing a name out there. But let's say Jadavian Clowney, they're they're talking to him, and all of a sudden he's willing to play for what they're willing to pay him. So you're saying don't sign him till after the draft?
1: <laughs> I'm no, no. If you're if you're gonna risk losing him, okay, well, yeah. But then, is it, then, is then, it, no. But what I'm saying is, I can understand why maybe it's not as front burner as you know between now and the draft. that, that that's that's I guess I think, my point. I but think I
0: think the biggest reason something, the biggest reason you're not gonna sign these guys is because. They want money. the The ones you might be interested in want money that you're not willing to pay. I think that's why you're not signing them. I think if the money was right and it's a guy that you would like on your team, you get it done because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I
2: think you carry that into the draft too. Of if you are so set on a player or that position group, you move up, eliminate that risk. I mean, at, at some point, you know, that all the teams know who the top players are, right? So it's you can only do so much to to hide your needs I feel like.
1: I mean going back full circle to that Charles Davis mock draft. If the Cardinals end up with 6 foot 4 Drake London, then maybe you're not as apt to sign an AJ Green or a Julio Jones. You're going to go after a smaller slot receiver a guy like a Jarvis Landry or you know you see him so no, maybe maybe, you maybe you can be the, more patient. Correct, but it would also dictate which direction as to which type of player you're going to sign based on who you come away with, especially round one of the draft. Or if the way the board falls and you end up with, you know, one of those Washington cornerbacks, well, okay, now now you know. Now you know you're, you're going to have to go out and spend a little bit more money than you anticipated in free agency to fill edge rusher or receiver.
2: And that works both ways if you're a veteran and it's, oh, a lot of teams are taking pass rushers. Like, you know what, maybe I'm going to have to take a little less money. Or if all these teams are taking pass rushers and you're a wide receiver, you can – Probably still get close to the money you're wanting before the draft because maybe teams will still need that true number two yeah. wide receiver.
1: Yeah, teams, I mean teams, all the time going to draft saying, "Okay, we need to check this box, this box," and then they only get two out of four boxes checked, and then all of a sudden, right uh, now, those free agents might be in a little bit more demand than they were perhaps and before perhaps the draft. And the other
0: thing too is, if you wait until after the draft, you know, you know where you can go if you're a wide receiver. You don't want to sign for a one-year prove-it deal before the draft, and then have the team still draft a receiver, and then want to use them ahead of you, and then all of a sudden you're not getting the kind of work you thought you were
1: going to get to get your big free-agent deal next yeah. year. Especially if you had incentives during that season, and you're gonna, you know, you're trying to meet those incentives, and it's predicated on playtime, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess. I'm just once again posing the question what you may or may not expect between now and the draft, and I'm also simultaneously trying to answer the question posed by much of the Red Sea. What's going on? What's the plan? Why have there not been more signings at more positions? But then again, there are a lot of players still available. It's not like there's been this tremendous run in Wave 2 or Wave 3 of free agency, right? Unless I'm misreading the landscape. Yes, there was a run initially on the big name big money players but after that it's been fairly dry so if there's no urgency to get a deal done necessarily today or before the draft then why is you don't know how that draft board is going to fall and, and who you end up coming away with you don't know if someone's going to make you an offer you can't refuse at number 23 and you move down a little bit and and actually end up with another pick and you fill yet another need perhaps the top the second round you know so these are all different scenarios. Um, and, and, as, and, and look, as, as much as we anticipate trying to get these answers now and it's immediate gratification society, you, know, you can't assess. I've already seen these power rankings of teams' off-seasons. Really? The draft hasn't even hit yet. The second and third wave of free agency hasn't even been finalized. How can you render a grade on a team's off-season at this point?
2: You can't. It's way too early.
1: So way for too better early. or worse, you just can't. I mean, look at look at the Bobby Wagner deal, for example. Five years, fifty million dollars, sixty-five million dollars max. No, it's one year, ten million guaranteed. Maybe there's a dispute over the three point five million offset language in year two. Florio and Bobby Wagner himself got into it that over that one. That was pretty funny. That was pretty good. And uh, as Florio, as you know, Wagner represents himself. And so, in fact, that was the good quote when they asked him about his release from the Seahawks after a decade there. His quote was, quote, the player kind of took it personally, but the agent went to work. (laughs) So now He's separating himself into like a bipolar third-person reference there. It's funny you bring up the Rams because I
0: saw this on Twitter and uh, somebody somebody did the quote saying, I don't understand how the Rams keep signing everybody. It's like the salary cap doesn't exist to them. And then they put this little graphic with their tweet. They've gained Allen Robinson, a very good wide receiver. For $15.5 million, essentially. And they've gained Bobby Wagner for essentially $11 million-ish. But they have they traded away Robert Woods, who killed the Cardinals yep. and is a really good receiver. Yeah, he got hurt. But they traded him away. So even if you've got Allen Robinson, you lost Robert Woods. So
1: and you lost Von Miller.
0: You lost Von Miller. You lost Darius Williams, who was a good cornerback for them. You lost Austin Corbett. Uh, and
1: saved the best for last, the left tackle. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth retired, retired, they, and that was the key to the turnaround.
0: They lost Austin Corbett, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, and uh, Oko Ronoko.
2: And don't forget, Eric Weddle we'll went back into retirement. Leto. So I
0: mean, and these three guys were draft picks that were playing on their defense, or four guys, Really, that were playing on the defense along along with Von Miller. And we don't know what's going to happen with Odell Beckham, but even if he does come back, he isn't playing for I mean the Rams aren't better they have two they got two splashy signings but they lost more than they gained and I they mean, and they you know yeah. they they it cost them less than they lost
1: and, and look Bobby Wagner was not the same player last year against the Arizona I don't Cardinals. think he was either. he, he was not I mean he, he's he got a lot of miles on those tires he has almost 1400 career tackles you can't tell me that hasn't taken a toll to a certain degree on the other hand uh, right now, here's your next poly Pop quiz. Name one of the two starting inside linebackers for the LA Rams, your Super Bowl champions a year ago. Cardinals played him three times. I could not name either inside starting linebacker without looking at a depth chart.
0: Well, one of them I just mentioned. I think it was the uh, the hard name that I couldn't pronounce. But the, they, I think they,
1: he might have been an outside linebacker because uh, the two the two starters were Ernest Jones, the rookie, okay. and Troy Reeder. Okay, you're right. So um, they upgraded they upgraded inside linebacker. I mean the Rams have gone many Probably. years many years without really spending money at inside linebacker for whatever reason the Rams have gone that which is pales in comparison to like what the Cardinals have done the last couple of years in, and the
0: Seahawks and the 49ers who usually yeah, pay true. for their inside linebacker. Yeah,
1: Fred Wagner, Bobby Wagner, or Fred Warner, thank you. And uh and Bobby Wagner. So so now you have three all pros at each of the three levels of the defense and Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Bobby Wagner. So, you know, okay. But we'll see. Once again, we'll see. He just didn't seem to be the same playmaker he was in years past. For the, But then again, the whole last place Seahawks defense was a disaster on so many levels. Well,
2: good news. We still get to see him twice a year, so we That's can right. be the judge of that.
1: That's right. And by the way, Bobby Wagner is still holding a little bit of a grudge, a little bit, against Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Uh, and the way he was not informed, he learned of his release via social media. Nobody even picked up the phone to call him after his Hall of Fame career in Seattle. It happened. He Hush was no business. longer a Seahawk. So, uh, yeah. But uh, so on, Something on that tells front, me
0: that wouldn't have made it
1: much better. Maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, there you go. So, that's uh, anything else I'm missing on any front, especially as it relates to the uh, NFC West?
0: Not that I know of. You don't have any uh doomsday things you've read about that you want to finish off with?
1: No, I, I mentioned you know, I th- I think one one doomsday per podcast is probably suffices, right? So and, and once again that was back in early March. I like to think maybe we're in a maybe we're in a different place as to uh when somebody put out there that they're
0: after a... Russia invaded
1: Ukraine and Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, I'm sure it's much yeah, better. Yeah. Uh, let's not get into current events uh, any more than what I uh, just threw out there in terms of the Wall Street Journal and that analyst and what they predicted. So uh, let's stick to our football predictions. That's what uh, can't that's ignore what we do the world. You can't yeah. go all ostrich yeah. on us, Paul. Although I am still a little bitter. Speaking of April and the months uh, that the Arizona Cardinals do not take my idea for the April Fool's joke on social media, Danny, come on, you were on board with that, were you not?
2: That's S- that's out of my purview. I I don't I don't control our social media channels. sending
1: an official Arizona Cardinals game-worn helmet to Chris Rock and telling him to wear this in good faith the next time he hosts the Oscars just to guard against any future head slaps. Give him an actual NFL Cardinals helmet. I thought it was a great social media prank. Nobody got on board with that. So, yeah, a little disappointed over Did here.
2: Did you guys pull any pranks?
1: I don't see the point of that, Danny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Wow. <laughs> I pulled a prank okay. on someone,
2: and I don't think she knows it was me because I wasn't in the office.
1: Mm, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Did it work? Was it effective? Did uh, it?
2: From what I heard, yes.
1: I see. Okay. You mean you didn't position yourself to witness it? Isn't that sort of the prerequisite of any April Fool's joke? You want to be able to witness it for that gratification.
2: I mean, I guess I can... Were like, you not here? I was not here. My parents were in town, so I was off on Friday. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. I don't know that it necessarily was funny. prank I, I can share I it, though. I heard
1: anything. Go ahead.
2: I can share it. Um, so... Grayson Choi, one of our videographer and our oh, yeah. producers who we mentioned before. The aforementioned
1: e- Grayson Choi with the... Fat uh, Gray. Right. With, with the... Fat uh, <laughs> Gray. <laughs> that's
2: with her the, meta-
1: the metabolism oh, okay. of a hummingbird was that's, my scouting report that's, earlier. That's, yes, go yes, ahead. Yes, and yeah.
2: all the food. Yep. So, Grace and I are good friends outside of work. We are carpool buddies. And um, I had done this in the past and I thought about it. And so I signed her up, unbeknownst to her, unbeknownst to her at this moment, um, there is a website... You can sign people up to get text messages. So I signed her up to get 10 text messages. It was one every hour. And there was a couple of options you could choose. And I signed her up every hour to get a fun fact about Nicolas Cage. And the best part is through this website, I was able on my end to see the conversation. So I could see the the facts that were being sent to her and I can see her responding, all caps, stop, please. (laughs) And from what I heard around the office... She was complaining. She was very confused. She didn't know how it would stop, and she doesn't know it was me unless one of you blabs or one of our listeners tweets out at Grayson. No, if she Um, finds out, it's going to be
1: because of Craig Grillo who's listening to this. Or maybe
0: she just listens to the
2: podcast. Maybe, but there we do have a friend who uh, was texting me throughout, saying like it was so funny. It was so hard for her to to keep her composure because she knew about the prank, and she was like, Grayson is so confused. She is not enjoying this. She keeps bringing it up at lunch, and I wasn't in the office, so she doesn't think it. Was me
0: okay i gotta say that's, that's a good prank that's, that's really good prank. really good by the way and speak- here's
2: the well sorry real quick so i i paid not a lot but i paid like two dollars for this and so you got a second person so i signed someone else up in our department for these who thank goodness was not in the office so it wasn't like him and grayson were chatting back and forth about their different Nicolas Cage happened? fun facts he didn't think it was a funny prank he was like it really wasn't that good <laughs> but i can see his responses too
0: that's uh, that's so. Uh, so, so I have well a lot of fun facts good. about it Nicolas Cage. If you guys want so right? to talk about well, that, it's so well timed it's with that new it's movie good. coming out. Have you seen that?
2: He has the a trailer new... for that. Wow, that is some great press by me.
0: Where he plays, where he plays himself.
2: That was not a fun fact that was oh, sent to them. I they t- really I, dropped.
0: I've really not all. seen that trailer. Well, no, th- it, is, it looks fantastic. If, you, if want... you like Nicolas Cage, which I do, even though he's had a bunch of clunkers. I, I totally want to
1: see this movie. You should look at the trailer. Oh, if you like
2: looks... Nicolas Cage, I'll sign you up for the text messages no, next I don't April Fool's. Th- that's want great to text know.
0: Messages.
1: Well, it was, it was you know, you should have used Darren in your BOGO. You know, buy one, get one, no, right? You should have Darren that. for that. You don't that, want to go
2: you, there. Yeah.
0: You do not want to get down that <laughs> road. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say look up this trailer. And I, and I, now I'm dying to know what the hell. I'm
1: going to walk into the office, into Grayson's area where she works, and I'm going to say, no. so Grayson, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, that's an underrated top five movie of all time. Let's talk about the Eleanor mustang that Nicolas cage drove around in that 67 shelby you can't let's let talk her about know. that she no? doesn't
2: know it was me okay. she never brought it up to me I the see.
0: unbearable weight of massive talent that's his new movie where he plays himself and and he ends up going uh with a very rich person who is a huge Nicolas cage fan and he's, he basically gets it's uh, the, look it, at the trailers. It's very...
1: Is that a takeoff on the Being John Malkovich movie? Or, you know, I, never I, I never saw did, that. I never see see that, but is that a similar approach?
0: I saw the trailer the other day, and I'm like, I'm going to watch that movie. Now, maybe I'll watch it at home, but I'm going to watch
2: it. Well, if anybody is interested in some Nicolas Cage facts, yeah. hit me up. I will share them. Oh. It's well, good. Why wouldn't
0: we ask Grayson? She's got them.
2: Because that would... Yeah. See, if Grace didn't tell you about it, then it would be suspicious. No, I mean, I I'm guess it's gonna, already passed. I'm not going to redo I'm, the I'm, prank I'm, next year. So you can you can bring it up. I'm
0: not going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up, probably. As far it would
2: be know. really telling if she says something to me because that means she is a loyal listener. And I would respect that.
1: I would, too. Well, that's, what I, that's what I get. I had my hot Why are you guys
0: listening to it in the car?
2: Oh, we should do that. You should. She drove last time.
1: that would be good and then just start the podcast and then fast forward to the very end but that would mean
2: i have to listen to my voice you You guys like doing that i don't particularly like that
0: we could take a straw poll but see if 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 more people don't like it than do then we're gonna have to boot you from the podcast and i'd really rather not go through that
2: oh that's so sweet not that you wouldn't want to lose me you just don't want to go through that process but i'll Mm -hmm. take it it's more work
1: Although, you know, I, I tried hard with my Baker Mayfield, Kyla Murray trade hot take. Uh, I tried hard with the whole civilization, any nuclear war thing. And, and Danny still played the role of topper. You know, one of those people. They top you with, you know, you think you got a great story, and they top you with their story. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes over See, here.
0: Sometimes you don't need
1: the hot take. On this edition, of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. Hashtag, it can always get worse.